Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 72nd episode of Dragon Quest Slime Time, a Dragon's Den podcast. This is Liam Land. And this is Pendy. Come on. Baby needs a new pair of elevating shoes. Wait, what are you doing over there? Are you gambling? I sure am. We'll be visiting Dragon Quest Island soon. It's now Dragon Quest IV theme. I thought I'd start getting into character. I'm practicing as Maya first. Uh, I don't think her horrible gambling addiction is a good place to start. Uh, good point. How about Mina? Uh, way too much RNG. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Kirill? You really want to be that much of a thwack flip? Simp? Not today. How about old man Boria? Yes, you do bore me. Jeez. Okay, uh, Tornico. Uh, he's a bit of a miser. He overcharges for cautery swords. Ragnar, then. He has impeccable character. He's one of my strongest Keshi, but no good. He's all brawn and no brains. Okay, fine. The hero, sometimes known as Solo. Uh, too quiet. Well, damn. Pizarro, then? Only if we make it to the post game. Have you considered Rose? Rose? Pizarro's girl? Why her? Well, she cries ruby tears, remember? Considering our itinerary, we're going to be needing money. So get to crying, Pendy. Oh, you monster. I'll show you. I'll figure out the secret of evolution. And I'll get you back for this. You don't have the ball, Zach, for it. Whatever. Here's your here's your ruby tears. Now what? Now we'll start the episode properly. This is a preview of our upcoming episode about our future Dragon Quest-themed adventures in Japan. That's great. Where do you want to start first? Well, let's uh, first talk about how the trip came to be. You know, that's right. You had mentioned wanting to plan this trip and asked me if I was interested. Later on, I realized the next trip to see my wife would be going to Korea instead of her coming here. This made me realize I could also do a trip to Japan as well and actually go to Dragon Quest Island. Which actually prompted several of us on the Discord to surmise that you meant you were bailing on your wife to visit us. <laughs> yeah, I meant that she would come with us, but somebody, possibly a Slime Time host in this very episode, assumed I would be <laughs> bailing on my wife to do so. <laughs> That's okay, you can bail on her for another Dragon Quest time. So uh, this won't be the first time you and I have met in person. This is about like four or five at this point, right? Yeah, that's right. Initially, we met each other in Tokyo around 2016, and then again a year later when you came to South Korea to do some visa hopping. Yeah, um, and then we uh, we had you over at our place in New Jersey that time. You uh, demolished me in Super Tecmo Bowl or Tecmo Super Bowl. <laughs> Tecmo uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, Alex is about three. Uh, you, you knocked the, the memory right out of me for what the, the game title was. Uh, <laughs> Alex was about <laughs> three at the time. Um, he's doubled in age and size at this point. I would hope so by now. <laughs> there is one thing I should probably convey about Alex before we actually do our four party day at inn. So Japanese kids have this cute thing that they do when they when they drop a deuce where they politely say goodbye to it as it's flushing. So basically you may hear him announce unchi unchi is poop. Uh, so you may hear him say unchi kun bye bye from the from the bathroom, which literally means like goodbye little poop or goodbye young poop. And they give the honorific kun, which is polite, I guess, to <laughs> say goodbye to a poop. <laughs> That's hilarious. Goodbye, Mr. Poop. Have a nice trip. I love it. <laughs> that's actually something that I thought, you know, I, I was like, oh, that's cute. The kid, you know, he, he made that up. And then a friend of mine was like, no, no, kids just say that. <laughs> Japanese so tradition. That's like, yeah, that's like a that's a, that's a thing. The honoring honoring your poop as it goes. Goodbye. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um, so probably about two weeks ago, I realized we accidentally planned this trip on Dragon Quest Day. So completely by coincidence, we, we booked this was a Memorial Day trip for us. And, and uh, we didn't realize until I mean, I was writing up a reddit post about the trip and then i was like oh my god this is dragon quest day we did this accidentally you know mid typing and 
we'll actually wake up on Awaji Island the morning of May 27th in the Dragon Quest Hotel Suite. Yeah, that's so, going to be that's going to be really cool because I didn't realize that either. So it'll be interesting to see if the places that we go on Dragon Quest Day, see if they'll be doing anything special for it. Yeah, I'm curious if they'll be extra crowded or if they're yeah, if they're going to have anything specifically themed for Dragon Quest Day. So we'll be staying at the uh, the Hotel Suite, which is a Dragon Quest themed hotel room with slime interiors, slime themed interiors, including slime pillows, themed bedding, monster decorations on the walls and windows. And uh, they even have a treasure chest. I hope it's not a mimic. This is true. <laughs> It'd be a short trip if it is. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. Like they've got like like decorations all over the place. There's like a deck to it that has like monster decorations out there. And like it has like the little uh, wording that you'd see from the classic Nintendo games and stuff like that. So that'll be mm-hmm. I, and I think there's even like a mini metal that you can find that's like hidden somewhere. So that's going to be that's going to be some good stuff. Hmm. Do we know if the uh, the bathroom is themed as well? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know, but I guess we'll we'll find out. We can uh, politely say goodbye to our poop, uh, maybe in a yes. Dragon Quest themed bathroom. <laughs> maybe there'll be a mimic toilet. Good, goodbye, slime coon. <laughs> you open it and there's like eyes and a tongue inside the toilet. No, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's too I know, much. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, the original Luida's bar, not the new one, because there's a shared bathroom there. But uh, the original Luida's bar had had a Dragon Quest themed like swag all, along like the walls of the bathroom and stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah, hopefully this will as well. So next will be our trip to Dranquist Island, which will be right next door to the hotel. The Dranquist Island, I think it's been around for what, about a year, I want to say? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit more, actually. Yeah. So it's been around for about a year or so. And up until this point, it's been Dranquist 3 themed, like you fought Zoma at the end and stuff like that. But recently, within like the last month, they changed it over to a Dranquist 4 theme, which is fantastic because that's my favorite Dragon Quest game of all time. It's up there with 11 and 8. It's going to be great. There's going to be, we got the special tickets, so we're getting, we're all getting bonus gifts. We're getting the special Healy that's the mascot of the island that's dressed up uh, as his, as his theme for the island. We're getting a Zenithian shield backpacks, so that'll be cool. And we get to do the side quest with Robin Hood, so that'll be fun. I hear that's a, a good time. There's going to be treasure chests we can explore. It's basically like, if you've heard our last video where we talked to someone who's gone to it in the past, it's basically like this little castle town that they built, and you'd have like your own adventure in and out of the castle town, finding monsters, finding treasure chests, finding mini medals. It's going to be like a final boss that you eventually get to do once you've completed all your missions and built up your characters. You even get to pick what class you are. So there's like warrior and mage and so on and so forth. So that'll yeah, be cool. I'm curious and, if that holds for Dragon Quest IV because because they, they, they do have classes, but they're kind of locked into the characters. So are we picking characters or are we picking classes still? For the, yeah, it'll be for the yeah, 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 you're good. You bring up a good point because that's all tied into like a Dragon Quest three type class system. So maybe they'll mm-hmm. switch it so that like, hey, you can be Turnico the merchant or something like that. Right. I don't know. Yeah, so we'll, we'll figure that out when we get there. Also, there's going to be great merchandise, of course, and they have their own extension of Luida's Bar because Luida's Bar, if you didn't know, is the big Dragon Quest theme bar in Tokyo, but they also built one in the theme park as well. So that'll be fun to go to and have lunch and get all the Dragon Quest themed food and drinks as well when mm-hmm. we're there. There's even merch that's exclusive to Dragon Quest Island, which is, well, it, actually, I have seen it in Artnia as well, but it was or, originally the the onion slime was an homage to the fact that Awaji Island, which is Yuji Hori's hometown, is uh, is well known for their onions. So they I, they made an onion slime in honor, in honor of the island itself. Oh, that's right. I think there's like a king onion, onion slime and all sorts yeah. of like little onion slimed <laughs> monsters that they, they made for that. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, next we will have Liam explain our pilgrimage to the monument of our Lord and 
savior. Yes, we can't go to Awaji Island without actually driving down to see the Dragon Quest Monument, which is a statue of Erdrich's sword, shield, and slime honoring the franchise. And it, the statue honors Yuji Hori as well, since it's his hometown, as I mentioned. Yes, that'll be fun to do. I can't wait to see that. I saw some pictures recently of some other people that had gone to it. Apparently, you can just do whatever you want, because there's a guy that got up on it and was holding the sword. There was someone else that like had put plushies all around it for a picture. So we'll have some good p- picture opportunities with the with the statue. Hopefully, we hmm. don't get uh, kicked out. But I mean, it yeah. seems like it's you kind of do whatever you want, as far as what I saw what before. What would we have to do to get kicked out? <laughs> lick, <laughs> lick it. <laughs> Dry hump it. <laughs> we won't be doing that. Or at least I won't. No, I can't speak I, for you, Bendy. <laughs> I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to keep that in the, for this trip. I'll, yeah. I'll behave myself. To honor uh, the statue. Yes. No, no I'll try to keep statue. my son from climbing it. <laughs> but next, after that, probably that night when we get back, because we're going to switch to going to a hotel in Osaka. And that night after we've checked in near near where we're at in Osaka, kind of near universe, Universal Japan, there is a Lawson that's in the a section of Osa- Osaka that has a lot of video game places and anime places. And it's actually one of the other Dragon Quest themed Lawson. So the whole store is supposed to be Dragon Quest themed, the outside and lots of merchandise on the inside. So that'll be fun to go check out as well. Yeah. And uh, you you and I, I've actually been to both Lawson's, the one in Tokyo or one in Tokyo and mm-hmm. the one in Osaka. The one in Osaka is much bigger oh. uh, and it has a lot more themed decorations because it's much bigger, like a lot, all the all along the, uh, you know, the upper part of the walls above above the merch um, nice. is basically skinned wallpapers with with uh, various Dragon Quest monsters, which is great. Speaking of which, I believe the I'm not sure if, if it moved or if they made an additional one, but I, I wasn't able to find the Akihabara one in Tokyo on the map anymore. And then my friend who was visiting Shibuya recently met, sent me some pictures of it in Shibuya. So I think they may have moved it oh, okay. uh, out of uh, out of Akihabara um, in Tokyo and and moved it to a different location. So I don't yet know if that may be the largest one, but of the two that I've been to, the old Akihabara one and the uh, Osaka one, this Osaka one is definitely bigger. Cool. Uh, what uh, what other Tokyo Dragon Quest plans do you have, Penny? Yeah, so I my trip's going to be a little bit longer than Liam's. My wife and I, not just me, but my wife, <laughs> but my wife and my wife and I are going to be there for almost for two weeks. And our first part of the trip is going to be in Tokyo. And so while we're in Tokyo, I'm going to be able to go to Luida's Bar in Tokyo, which I haven't been to the new one. I've been to the old one, but I haven't been to the new one that you've been to, which is much bigger. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm going to yeah. go to Artnia. We're both going to go to Artnia and do the cafe, get some pancakes and some things like that. Check out the merchandise they have. That's a great Square Enix merchandise store, which is always you know a must see when we when you go to go there. And then I'm going to have an Akihabara day where I'm going to make sure to play the Dragon Quest Die Crossblade Arcade, which is very similar to the uh, previous Dragon Quest Arcade where you play with the cards and you kind of you can build up monsters and equipment and you can have like a team of heroes that can be one of your attacks and things like that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just sit down and play that for hours. So I'm going to do cool. that game as well. So you know I know that, that is yet? Oh, no, I'm just going to I know it's throughout throughout Tokyo. So there's mm-hmm. several arcades in Akihabara. So I'm thinking yeah. if I'm if it's going to be anywhere, it's going to be in one, at least one of the arcades in Akihabara. So I'll just as I'm wandering around looking at all the stores and looking for Dragon Quest merchandise and books and things like that, I'm sure I'll 
I'll find one of them somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you might be able to ask as well. You know, yeah. If uh, if anyone's seen it. Um, exactly. But yeah, I, yeah, I agree. If if you're if you're unable to find it, one of the arcades has got to have it. Yeah, because I know it's still running. I just saw one of the people in our Discord is really into keeping track of all the new cards that they put out for it as they get like new uh, new additions to the game. So he just mm-hmm. uh, he like just like a week ago, he's like, hey, here's some new cards that are Dragon Quest Eight themed. So I know it's yeah. still running. So it should cool. I should be able to find it by the time we get there. Yeah. Two things I'll say about uh, Artnia, I love. You know, you you walk in and just there's an entire wall of Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy merch kind of split 50-50. And then the pancakes and everything, the, the food that's that's themed there. There's not a, a ton of food at Artnia that's that's themed, but it's no. always really good. It's like a pancakes and ice cream and everything. And then Luida's bar is actually much larger than the original one. The original one was not sustain- sustainable in a pandemic world. So they they expanded it out much, much larger space in when they moved it from Rapongi to Akihabara. And it's actually, uh, it's a little more reminiscent of the actual, uh, uh, what is it called? The Quester's Rest mm-hmm. in Dragon Quest Nine, oh, okay. uh, where it's much more kind of open open space and like, lots of tables and, and you know, uh, places for more people. And it's actually kid-friendly. And now, I believe you can use your credit card. I think the original was only cash, was a cash-only place. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about that. You're right. It yeah. was cash-only. Yeah. So it's great. It's just a much more advanced rendition of it. Yeah. And I noticed that the company that runs it, basically, they moved it there and they have like two other themed cafes or bars that are in that same building. So there's there's Dragon Quest and then there's like a Final Fantasy 14 MMO bar and then there's Monster Hunter, which my wife is really into, which we're going to go see together because I'm doing Akihabara by myself while she does some other stuff in uh, Ginza and some other places. And then we're going to meet up at night. We're going to meet each other at the, the Monster Hunter bar that we're both into. Cool. But, you know, speaking of other plans besides Dragon Quest, I know that uh, you are going to Universal Japan because you're getting there before I do. We wanted to do Universal Japan together, but our plans just couldn't, we couldn't time it out quite right. So you're going to do it yeah. while you're waiting for me and Hiami to arrive from Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have to, well, I, I'm kind of working with my son's school schedule, so I have to get him back. So we are uh, arriving a little bit earlier and we were able to, to make Super Nintendo World happen, which is the main reason why we're going to uh, Universal Osaka. And yeah, so my my son loves Mario Kart, so I just want to make sure that I can get him access to that that Mario Kart ride. Mm-hmm. The the other thing is my my I was talking to my friend last night about this, and he said that there's some sort of watch that you can rent or get that like when you when you hit the the question mark blocks, it makes like the coin noise or something like that, or it makes a noise. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's gonna loan that to me for Alex so that he can can do that. I think you oh, can rent it. Yes. Yeah, I think you can rent it for about fifty bucks or five thousand yen, something like that. If you wanted to do that, I don't exactly know, you know, what it does other than make a noise. Well, <laughs> so. I, I did a little bit of research about the park and that part of it in particular, and I believe that's what you use to not only like get the coin blocks and things like that, but you, there's like several different mini games, and you can use the mini games to get little prizes or things like that. And you, I think oh, you, the watch is all part of that that part of the park where you use the watch to get the coins and the mini games and all that good stuff okay cool yeah well we'll figure that out but yeah my friend yoshi uh offered to loan assist for that it's awesome um so how about your uh universal plans i i, I don't uh, i haven't really researched what else is there it's been a while since i went to uh i mean i went in 2017 we went to uh osaka for dragon quest the real which was an event there where it's kind of like half animatronic half screen it's kind of it's kind of what i would assume dragon quest island is going to be similar to um mm-hmm. when you when you're inside the rooms but yeah so so what else is in Universal Japan that you're going to be going to see? 
when me and Hammy go, we're going to also do Mario, so that's going to be amazing. And we're also going to do some anime-themed stuff. So they always have, like, a little anime anime part of the park. Like, that was mm-hmm. actually where they put uh, the Dragon Quest stuff, and they had, like, Dragon Ball Z uh, yep. ride there as well at the time. Yes, but this, I've been on that. Yeah, and they've had, like, uh, what did they have? They had Attack on Titan in the past and popular things like that. Right now, yeah. they have anime that I, a shonen anime that I'm really into, Jujutsu, Jujutsu Kaisen. So they're going to have a ride for that. I'm going to do that. There's They have, like, a... I think it's, like, a almost like an escape room or, like, a little adventure kind of room where that's it's going to be based off of Spy Family. So we're going to do that. Really looking forward to that as well. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Jamie is a huge fan, not only of Spy Family, but also of Harry Potter. She's a big Harry Potter person. So we're going to do the Harry Potter part of the park. And we had just done Universal in Florida uh, some months back. But the I, I researched it, and the Harry Potter rides that are in Japan are totally different from the ones that are in the USA. So that'll mm-hmm. be fun to see what's different and see what how their you know universal area is done as well because that's like it's just like with mario world where you have to get like a a timed pass because it's so popular that they don't want the whole place to be overrun so you have to reserve yeah. your time there so we made sure we'll make sure to do that as well so we'll see what the harry potter par- part of the park is like but they've got some other stuff too they got like spider-man and so oh, yeah things. i've been so, on that too yeah so yeah. that'll be fun that'll be fun cool yeah but, the spider-man uh, ride my wife and i went on the spider-man ride and it was like i've never heard her scream in terror like that before it was so <laughs> hilarious i was just like oh my god i was i i because the the ride is moving so quickly and in, in various directions as you're looking at a screen but it really makes it feel like you know you're you're you know being thrown through a wall with spider-man or like you know swinging through the city with him and you know fighting his his uh bad guys like dr octopus and stuff and she was screaming in terror as the ride is like shifting around yeah i was too busy laughing to to be scared of of like the ride itself uh, but the other thing oh yeah the dragon ball z one that was interesting because it had it was i guess they call it like 4d or something where, where you're you're oh. you're in the chair and they're shaking it's like vibrating as they're fighting and yeah there's even some element of like water like spritzing in your face if you, if they go near water or like you can feel heat there's fire nearby so yeah it's it's an interesting experience even if you aren't familiar with the series at all like i i'm way more familiar with dragon quest than i am with tbc so i didn't I know basically all the characters were not a ton of the plot, but I still really thoroughly enjoyed myself on the uh, on the ride. That's awesome because when I went there to do that, I went there for you know I went there for Dragon Quest Real, and I ended up doing that twice because I was like, oh, I do this again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> I, you were there. Too. Yeah. And then I missed I missed uh, the Dragon Ball Z thing because by the time I had done the Dragon Quest the Real the second time, they had mm-hmm. closed down that particular ride for the day. I didn't realize it was clo- it closed early, and I was like, oh, I missed it. But I uh, got to see like the store that they had and the merchandise and whatnot. But mm-hmm. yeah, fortunately, that's I didn't cool. get to do the, do the ride. Yeah, they had a ton of minion stuff there too. Like that's minions are are huge in Japan. Oh, that's right. In terms of marketing and everything, they, they absolutely love the minions. Um, what else? Uh, what else is going on? Uh, what else are you doing in Japan? So we're also going to go down to Yokohama, which is a little bit south of Tokyo. We're going to see the huge uh, Gundam statue that's out there, the RX-78, where it's to it moves around and whatnot. That's only mm-hmm. open till. In fact, we're lucky that was supposed to be closed down by the time we got there, but they extended it like another six months before they they shut down the whole thing. So we'll be able to see that, which will be awesome. We're also going to. I'm I'm sorry that you guys can't uh, do this as well, but right there's a bunch 
bunch of different parks in Dragon Quest Island. It's like a whole bunch of anime-themed, well, mostly anime-themed parks. So there's like one for Naruto, there's one for Crayon Shinchan. Uh, but the one I'm going to do as well is they have a Godzilla park. So I'm going to do the Godzilla park. There's like this huge like head of Godzilla that they constructed, and you kind you actually zip line into his mouth, which is awesome. And then there's like a like a gun game where you're shooting things, and there's a museum for Godzilla. So that'll be fun. When are you doing that? Uh, if we're, we're do- already going to be if we're already going to be down there and there's time for it maybe we'll we'll see if we can make it happen i just oh, don't know how easy oh we're not doing that i'm not doing that until like tuesday or wednesday like oh okay. several days after you leave all right so you're going back okay okay yeah. but uh yeah because we're gonna be in osaka until like friday or something like that so we're doing a whole bunch of stuff and that's why we're gonna have time to do other things like we're gonna go down to nara park which is east of osaka and that is famous for uh how in the city and in particular with this big uh shrine temple area they have mm-hmm. all these domesticated deer where they'll just go right up to you and you can pet them and you can feed them crackers and things like that that they especially make for them and we're also going to go up i think it's north of osaka we're going to go up to the capital we're going to go see kyoto for a day and that is going to be completely hiami's uh itinerary i she's like i'm going to plan this part of the trip and it's like you got it you plan kyoto so that'll be fun i haven't been there before and then uh the tail end of the trip we're going back to korea and we'll be there a couple days and that'll be about a by the time we get there about a month after our second wedding anniversary so we're going to celebrate that in korea we're going to have a nice anniversary dinner at a restaurant we picked out and we're also going to meet some friends american friends that i still still have that live there we're going to meet up for dinner and do some things so that'll be fun great um so we will have um so some of the dragon quest theme stuff we'll have some video footage uh, so we're going to actually put together another episode of our show of our of our adventures here and you know to the audience i i know you won't be there with us physically but we did want to document as much as we can so that you can kind of be there with us in spirit and from our previous dragon quest island episode where we interviewed a youtuber who visited there we won't be able to document inside the attractions so there's several different rooms and stuff where i think there's probably boss battles or or, um, different content they won't allow cameras in there so just the exterior so you won't have to worry about spoilers if you are planning on making a trip indeed um so you want to talk about what we're bringing yes so i'm going to be bringing my nintendo ds with Dragon Quest 9 so that we can do some Dragon Quest 9 adventuring. And yep. I'm also going to bring my special edition Dragon Quest uh, Switch that I have that's all Dragon Quest themed is the special edition one that they released with 11S on the Switch. So that'll be fun. And also bring two controllers so that we can combine that with yours and play some cool. fun uh, some fun Switch games. And yep. I'm going to bring, uh, I have to bring some basically almost like a box full of Girl Scout cookies for my wife and her friends because they all are addicted to uh, American Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Sweet. I hope there's some left over for us. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. They might be all gone by the time we get to Osaka. <laughs> all right. Yeah. In that case, I'll bring some Ishigaki cookies. So yeah, I'll be bringing the uh, the RetroPie with four controllers, Nintendo DS, Dragon Quest Nine, like you mentioned, so we can do some uh, multiplayer. Fortunately, I don't have my second DS with me, so Alex can watch or or he can play as well. Nintendo Switch with uh, two controllers and the TV dock, and of course the Westie plushie. So Westie. Yeah, he can he can come along with us on the trip. Nice. Another part of this podcast that we wanted to talk about our trip was for those of you that might be interested in doing the same thing or something similar. You know, what are some good tips that we can give you on what you need to know when you're planning this sort of trip? So the first thing that we're going to cover is how to get there in terms of airfare. So if you're if you just want to do the Osaka part of it, you're just doing Dranquist Island and that's it. The international airport is in Osaka, Kansai International. So that's how you want to get to it. Though, if you 
say are doing what I did, where you did some Dragon Quest stuff or some other things in Tokyo first, you can take a plane to Kobe, which is the city right next to Osaka, or you can go right into Osaka. And also there's a bullet train that I think is maybe four or five hours, I want to say, to get there. And that can get you to Kobe or Osaka as well. And the thing is, there's Osaka, which has Universal Japan and everything that Osaka has to offer. It's a really fun city to to go see. It's got a fantastic bar life and lots of different uh, museums and castles and things of that nature. But basically, you've got Osaka and then Kobe is a smaller city, which is right next to it. And then there's a bridge that goes to Awaji Island. That's kind of how the geography of that area is set up. If you stay in Awaji Island, that can be kind of pricey. I think there's a cheaper in there somewhere, but it's probably better to either stay in Kobe, so you're right in between Osaka and Awaji Island, or stay in Osaka itself because they have some reasonable lodging in Osaka. And you can you can take the you know it's it's Japan. It has great public transportation, so you can take the train, you can take subway, taxi, that that sort of thing. But the last thing is there's actually this concept called the overnight bus. This is something that I've done in the past, where I actually had one of my trips where I stayed in Osaka first to do Dragon Quest the Real in Universal Japan. Then I went and did my Tokyo part after that. They have these buses that go back and forth where like for example how I did it is I went to Universal Japan did that the whole day was done when the park closed like at, at 8 around 8 I think 8 p.m. and then there was a bus that left like around like 8 30 or 9 and the bus picked you up right from Universal Japan and it would go straight to Tokyo and you would sleep on the bus they'd have like a sleeping arrangement for you on the bus and it's like it's different depending on how much you pay it's different levels of comfort and then by the time they get to Tokyo because it's, it's a long trip if you're driving there by the time you get to Tokyo it's like 6 a.m. so you get off at 6 a.m. and then you can do whatever you want in Tokyo after that so that's an option as well huh so you said the more you pay the better the accommodations does that mean like if you pay a lot of money you get a bed yeah there's like there's like luxury buses where they actually have like a like a almost like a like a regular bed that you can sleep in oh wow but but most of it is like a very comfortable chair that like leans way back that you can kind of Mm. use as a bed and it's Mm. completely dark and I think there's only like maybe one or two stops in between so you don't really get interrupted that much and i you know like, like i said i've done it before i paid for the cheaper one and i was fine and i got to sleep most of the way and i was good to go hmm. and and it's very and like it's not that it's like maybe 40 30 40 dollars like at the at the cheapest so it's not that it's very it's a very cheap way to do it if you can if you're good on sleeping on on trips that's like the way to go and if you're hmm. trying to save some money yeah uh, well you can also rent a car as well um if you were to fly into osaka or you know even fly to tokyo first and you can get a rental car you'd need an international driver's license which you can actually get from AAA if you plan in advance uh, you get it from AAA for about 20 bucks you just basically go show up and I think they even take your picture there and then you get that a couple of days later you come back and pick it up and it's just basically kind of like a little passport for uh, as a driver's license I believe you re- it's required in Japan it's not uh, in Europe European countries you can go without it but for Japan as an international traveler from the US you would want to get that especially if you want to do the uh the mario kart tour in tokyo i'm just going to name drop mary car m-a-r-i-c-a-r um so they they i think they've gotten sued by nintendo a couple of times or threatened anyway so they they, <laughs> they change their name and and they don't show any of the mario costumes on uh on their website but pretty sure they probably still have them so you can uh you can actually go and and drive a mario kart or like a go-kart in costume throughout the streets of tokyo yes i haven't done it myself but one of my trips to Tokyo, I saw them racing around when I was near yeah. the Tokyo Tower. It, it looked amazing. They were all, like you said, they're all in like Mario costumes. It's like a Mario Kart themed go-kart. Look like a lot of fun. Yeah, so don't don't be like, the, you got to remember that international driver's license.
license because uh, if you forget it, they won't let you go. That happened to a buddy of mine and I had to do the Mario Kart <laughs> by myself. <laughs> oh. But, you know, you make friends on the trip, so it works out. But but yeah, my uh, my friend forgot his international driver's license at home, so he couldn't do it with me, unfortunately. So you do need that if you're going to do the uh, Mario Kart uh, tour through the streets, which, again, sounds dangerous anywhere but Japan. In Japan, <laughs> it's like it's completely safe. It's it's a guided tour. It's not like you're just racing through, you know, ducking in and out trying to win a race or anything like that. It's more like there's a lead car and and you're all just kind of going in a line pretty much. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool tour. I recommend it. And it, it, again, getting back to the rental car, if you are getting a rental car, get the right size car for your luggage because Japanese cars tend to run a little bit smaller. You know, cars or SUVs that hold uh, larger luggage can actually cost double the amount to rent them. So mm. it makes sense to try for a smaller car that maybe has an extra empty seat for a larger suitcase where that can be stored if possible. That's what I would uh, that's what I would recommend based on you know how we were trying to negotiate uh, space for luggage um, when getting the rental for the trip. Nice, nice. Also, it can be a good idea to get a portable Wi-Fi router. You can get them at the airport for a decent price. You just pick them up at the airport and then drop them off at the same place. They also have some other drop-off points if I, if I remember right. Japanese yep. Wireless is one of the better Wi-Fi companies that it's out that's out there for it. But you know, just shop around. And some cell phone companies have some really good global plans that you may not realize that you already have. So, for example, I have T-Mobile, and T-Mobile already has a free data and texting plan for Japan for most plans. So just double check your plan and see what it has available. You may already be good to go and not realize it. They may be able to give you like a temporary wireless plan while you're there that may even be cheaper. So like I said, see what the wireless, the portable wireless will cost you. See what your phone company will cost you and you know just uh, shop around before you make a decision. Yeah, I've used uh, Japan-Wireless as well for, for trips to Japan and everything. I, I, I would recommend that. They're, it's it's I just had a really good experience with them. And then, like you said, when you're done with it, you basically can just drop it in any mailbox and it'll it'll just mail it back to them. Or you can drop it off back at, at the actual airport that, where you pick it up. They can even they even have a, the option to have it mailed to wherever address you may be staying in Japan. I don't know. I have Mint Mobile. I haven't had much success with that internationally, but it's been a number of years since I tried it. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that's changed, especially since now that I think they were bought recently. So uh, hopefully they'll have more options for international as well. Yeah, it, it depends. I just, I'm just lucky that T-Mobile has happens to be one of the better carriers out there for having like free international stuff when you're traveling mm -hmm. around. But hey, next we're going to get into tickets for the various attractions and how to get them and what to look out for when you're getting said tickets. I'll start first and I'll start with my horrible experience with trying to get Universal Studio tickets. They did this new thing where the Universal Studios needs like some special like 3D credit card or something weird like that. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Liam, living there, but it's been a nightmare. It was a nightmare for me to try and get tickets. I tried to, I had three different credit cards in Apple Pay, four different methods that I tried to pay for getting the tickets and none of it worked trying to get it online. And I looked up online, like, is it just me? Is it something that's going on that I'm doing wrong? No, this is like international. I had people from yeah. all over the United States and Australia who were saying like, we, we can't get it to work. The only yep. people that seemed to get it to work were people who used Apple Pay and that was only after multiple attempts. I tried it like 10 times, still didn't work. So thankfully, what I ended up doing is my wife has a friend that lives in Japan and they just went to a convenience store where you can buy universal tickets and they were able to get us the tickets plus the express passes with the special times that we wanted to get to time it out just right. So that mm -hmm. it was how we were able to get through that. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely have had problems uh, 
ordering tickets uh, in Japan um, in the past. Sometimes it doesn't work with one credit card, but it will work with another. So, and then sometimes there are like gift cards that you can buy that you can then use um, to spend tickets that way. Yeah, definitely it, it can be frustrating. I would say if you try one t- one ticket method and it doesn't work, try a different one. And if not, maybe call your card company and try to figure out what, if they're blocking it or, or not. We also have a, uh, a Chase card that, that, that I would recommend that doesn't have international fees for foreign transactions. So basically, if you use your average, like we had an Amex we were using and we noticed we're getting hit up with these extra surcharges for every single purchase. And it had it had to do with the money conversion. Chase has a card that uh, that you can use. Uh, it's like the United Mileage card that we should be getting money for this, right? Uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it is United Mileage Plus, which allows for no foreign transaction fees, which is fantastic. Yes. Um, I, yeah, it's it, it saves a lot of money if you're making a lot of purchases. And, and again, rather than go to that ATM and hit up tons of fees, uh, every time you're pulling money out of the bank, including the ATM fee plus the foreign transaction fee, it's so much easier. And it's great to have cash on for the places that don't accept credit cards, but it's so much easier to just pay with your card and forget it. You know, don't yeah. worry about it. Yes, definitely do your research when it comes to those credit cards, because I have some credit cards that will, you know, because I've lived abroad, I've had some credit cards that will charge me every time I use it overseas, but I do also have credit cards that don't they have no fees whatsoever. So just be wary of that, like Liam was saying. Some do, yeah. some don't. So it just depends on what credit card that you are using. It's a very easy phone call to, to figure out, or sometimes you can just research it online and be like, hey, do you charge a fee if I make any international purchases when I'm overseas and, and whatnot? And you can figure that out. Also, a good thing to keep in mind is just when it comes to hotel reservations, I would personally recommend going through like Orbitz or Expedia or something like that. And then you don't have to worry about any kind of issues with credit cards or anything like that, because then you're dealing with like an American company. Most of my hotel reservations for the Tokyo and Japan, I did through either Expedia is how I did the the Dragon Quest hotel through or the, the Dragon Quest th- suite that's at the Grand Chariot. And then the other ones I did through Orbitz is who I usually use. The only one I had to go to direct was we're staying at this Peanuts themed hotel, you know, Snoopy and Charlie Brown and all that that's mm-hmm. in Kobe. And I had to deal with them directly, but they did have a English site. So sometimes the Japanese websites will have like an English site for it that'll make things a little bit easier. And this one did. And I was able to uh, do my reservations and use my credit card directly through them. And it was no issue. Everything else, yeah. the Universal Japan was the only thing I had problems with. I did the reservations for Dragon Quest Island and the Godzilla Park and made reservations for all the different restaurants and stuff that require them through the Japanese sites. Some of them had English. Some of them, like Artnia and Lu- Luida's Bar, does not have an English site. But I just used yeah. my little browser translator to kind of navigate it through through it myself and was able to make the reservations no problem. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've had uh, experiences like that where I just you can't find you go to Luida's Bar website website and you can't find out where you buy tickets mm-hmm. because even even some of the some of the website is uh, is Japanese written into um, JPEGs and, and images and things. So yes. you might have to use a screen translator for something like that if it's possible to uh, to translate some of it. So yeah, it is a pain, but uh, eventually you will figure it out and it, it's well worth it, the experience. Yes. And some things will be more popular than others. So you want to make sure that you make the reservations as soon as you can. Like, for example, if you wanted to do the Studio Ghibli museum that's in tokyo i think you can do like as far as like three to six months out or something like that and those tickets sell out pretty quickly so make sure that you are aware of that as well that you get in as soon as you can sometimes you have to wait like for example i think luida's bar and the monster hunter bar like they don't make you can't make a reservation until you're like 30 days within so you just have to pay attention to like how far out you can make
make reservations depending on the times that they give you. So just something yeah. to be aware of as well. Oh yeah, one. I don't know if you have time for this, but there is one museum that I would highly recommend if you're uh, in Tokyo for uh, and you have you know no other plans that, that you're working on. It's called uh, Team Labs, and the exhibit is called Planets. Now there, it's kind of hard to describe, but it it's a it's a museum exhibit where you're walking through and it's immersive. So there's you know you, sometimes you're walking through water, sometimes you're uh, in a room that's just filled filled with strands of lights hanging from the ceiling, and it's all about you know light projections and sound. And it, it's I'm not just I'm not doing it justice to describe it, but just go do a Google search for Team Lab Planets. Team Lab Team Lab is all one word: T E A M L A B Planets, and and just have a look at that, and it's it's amazing. They had another exhibit that unfortunately closed recently in Odaiba called Borderless. That one was even larger. It was something like four floors and various family themed stuff like slides with light projection when you get on the slide the, the the light projection reacts to the fact that you're interrupting the light and then you know like we were going down the slide and there's a bunch of fruit on the slide and as we slide down it it's like cutting the fruit like that kind of stuff there's an entire room full of light balloons light up balloons giant balloons that you kind of have to navigate through lots of just really interesting stuff so it's definitely something i would recommend to you penny but also to anybody if you have extra time in in tokyo and you're planning a trip nice nice let's check that out and we could put that uh, url in the show notes as well sure. um so you were in talks with a few people who went to uh, dragon quest island recently did you have any advice from their experience yes so if you don't happen to have a rental car just you have to be aware of the bus schedule that goes out to owaji island especially when you're leaving the park because there's only like one bus an hour that leaves that park to go back to kobe and osaka so just be aware of that when you're planning your trip and you can pretty much expect to spend most of the day at dragon quest island especially if you also buy the side quest and attend Luida's bar for like lunch or, or whatever. So you can spend a good chunk of your day just doing everything that there is to do at Dranko's Island. And that's what someone that just went there, I think about a couple weeks ago was was telling me about. So I'm looking forward to it because it, it seems like it's going to be a, a packed day of Dragon Quest goodness for us. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. And uh, my son doesn't actually know yet. So we're going to kind of surprise him with it. Oh, I didn't um, know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's going to be fun. I, I'll, I'll Maybe I'll get his reaction. <laughs> I'll try to document it. Well, uh, anything else to talk about with the trip? No, that's that's all I got for our preview. All right, cool. Well, that's it for this episode of Slime Time. We'd like to thank you, our audience, our wonderful audience. Big thanks to those who listen to us regularly to and to any casual listeners or newcomers. Uh, we hope that you like what you heard and that you'll stick around. There's plenty more to discuss. We're a nonprofit podcast made for fans by fans. We won't crowdfund or half-inch your hard-earned goal when we can offer you quality content about the game series we know and love for free. If you do have some extra gold that's just completely burning a hole in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, treasure chest, or searchable wall sack, and you would like to donate anything to a website that's been supporting Dragon Quest fans for over 25 years, stop by the Dragon's Den at woodis.com den and click on support this site. Woodis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den Dragon Quest fan site for decades. He personally edits every YouTube version of our podcast, and he fully appreciates any donations to help to keep the servers running. The Dragon's Den website also features an Amazon affiliate link. When you click the link and make a purchase, a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den and it doesn't cost you anything advertise with the show reach out to us at slimetimepodcast at gmail.com out on twitter and instagram at dq slimetime join in tons of dragon quest discussions at the dragon's den forums one of the few remaining forums still around at buddhist.com slash forums you can also find us through the dragon's den discord dragon questers infinity stretch and dragon quest tact global facebook groups we'd like to thank everyone that made this possible including buddhist the dragon's den and the secret of evolution thanks to amanda lapree and the descendants of erdrick for permission to use their music if you like 
the opening and closing themes, you can hear the full tracks on their album Advent at www.descendantsofurdrick.com. Uh, find out what's going on with the band on Twitter at Diaverdrick, and you can catch up with Amanda LaPree streaming on Twitch. Our thanks to delicious Dwayne Bullock, our wonderful graphic artist and fellow TQ fan, for creating our awesome Slime Time arts and logo. Check out more of his work at, at Dwayne Art on Instagram or at DwayneBullockArt.BigCartel.com. For a Slime Time t-shirt featuring Dwayne's art, check out the link in the show notes. Please like and subscribe and write a review for the podcast. It really does help uh, help us grow and give us feedback for what for what you like to see. If you're looking for more Dragon Quest Slime Time, check out our earlier episodes on Dragon's Den, Anchor FM, uh, which is now, I guess, Spotify for podcasts. Spotify. Yeah. Yep, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Audible, YouTube, and more. And check out our brothers and sisters in arms over at the Slime Time SideQuest and Tactfully Guide podcast. Their latest episodes are available now. Bye, everybody. Dragon Quest Slime Time, sliming off. Reminding you all that you must complete your adventure. Bye bye.